Welcome to Bibli Observatory, a community project in collaboration with South Carolina State Library's podcast series, Library Voices, SC. I am Yvette Villarreal, Bibli Observatory hostess. And I'm Caroline Smith, the Inclusive Services Consultant at the South Carolina State Library. This is a special transmission from Columbia, South Carolina, to explore the universe of books and stories that people treasure from their childhood and how those stories define the lives of people touched by them. And today we have a special guest with us. Hey, my name is Pascal Louis Jean, and I'm happy to be here. Thank you, Pascal, for being with us here today. It is it's such a joy to have you with us. And uh, I guess our first question will be, what would you like people to know about you? Hmm, I love that question. Well, um, uh, there's a few things. I am a mother of three. I guess the thing that defines who I am, I'm a mother of three beautiful girls who are no longer with uh, living with my husband and I. Um, I've been married for a long time. I think, I think, maybe I should know, but I think about like 35 years to my um, um, elementary school sweetheart. So I've been with my husband for, for a long, long time. I'm a registered nurse by trade. I've been a registered nurse for about 27, 30 years. And I've done all kinds of nursing, crisis nursing, hospital nursing, private nursing. So I definitely enjoy my, um, my job, um, my profession. I'm also an entrepreneur. I have three businesses. I have a restaurant, my husband and I, let's say, because he, he, he's the one that will be involved in the restaurant. And I have two home cares. Home cares are basically what they, we do is go into patients' home, and then we just provide care for them. And I'm a Christian. I'm a person that likes like to live life to the fullest. Like every minute, every second is important to me. As you know, we might not have it the next day. Thank you for sharing. Sure. And I would uh, like Caroline to step into the next question. Yes. Okay, so let's see. I, I don't know if we promote this on the podcast or not, but I wanted to know, why does your restaurant? <laughs> <laughs> yes, our restaurant is Fusion Restaurant and Grill. It's located in Sumter, South Carolina. And we're a restaurant that combines of soul food, um, American foods. It's a restaurant that um, have all types of food for all types of people and all types of likes, likes. Yes, it's in Fusion. Yes, all right. Food. To keep that in mind if I ever yes, go in yes, that way. That would be phenomenal. <laughs> okay. So we wondered could you share some of your favorite books or stories with us that you heard when you were okay. growing up? Does anything oh, yeah, come definitely. to mind? I mean, you know, I am originally from Haiti. You know, I was born in Haiti. Um, our family migrated to Haiti, I think, when I was like three years old. But there's an old folks, um, like folk story that they would say. And in Haiti, there's a, um, in the northern part of Haiti called Okap. That's where my father's from. And they will always say that there's mermaid and the, and the ocean. And people actually, a certain day during the year, would stay around the ocean, see if they could actually see mermaids. 
So there's actually folk stories about people seeing mermaids or, or things like that. So I always thought that was kind of a little entertaining as a little girl. When we used to go there until the, we lived in Port-au-Prince, the main city, but when we could go to the countryside and, um, and um, Ocop, and I used to always look and see, I see a shadow, I see a mermaid, you know what I mean? So that comes, that comes to mind. Another thing that comes to mind, I was obsessed as um, maybe like fifth grade and up with Nancy Drew um, mystery stories. Yeah, which matter of fact, I have, I found a book, <laughs> you know, regarding one of my stories. And um, I mean, I would just literally just sit here and read it. And it's so funny because I'm, as a little girl, I used to think these books were so thick. <laughs> but now as an adult, I'm like, God, I could read this maybe in a half an hour. And I think the reason why I like Nancy um, Drew's um, The Mystery Stories is because um, they were exciting, extremely exciting, extremely fun, un unpredictable. Like every time you turn the page, you're like, oh my God, what's going to happen next? Um, so that's one of my um, two memory as a child related to stories and and um, books and, and things like that. Can you tell us a little bit more about your early memories with those stories that you heard? Yeah, but you know, growing up as a child, of course, you know, um, I guess in the olden days, people didn't really have like books. So it was like generation um, stories of generation um, to generation. The Mermaid was one story I remember as a child. Another story would be like, um, oh yeah, on Christmas time, right after Christmas time, I think the couple of days after, you would have to have like a special meal. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. for the three kings. Yeah, yeah, exactly, for the three kings. And you would sit down and you have a special meal for the three kings. And then you write a note under your bed. Yeah, you write a note and put it under your bed and you're asking the three kings for a question about what's gonna come for that year. And for, for what's supposed to happen is that once you go, once you, you know, you kind of make this whatever feast, it's like a traditional feast. I can't really remember. I think it was fish, um, rice, vegetable, and plantain. I don't know if anybody know what plantain is, but that's kind of like a vegetable slash cob. So you do the special meal, then you get all around with um, like family members and friends and you kind of socialize. And then you'll write your notes, whatever the question you have for the year. Am I going to have a good year? You know what I mean? Am I going to have a love interest? So, you know, when you're young, you're thinking, like, am I going to get more candy? <laughs> you know, like things like that. And then you will put it under your bed. And that night, you when you go to sleep, you're supposed to dream about what, what the answer is to that question. Yeah. So that's definitely a tradition that we shared um, as a child. And, and I do remember sometime I would dream, sometime I wouldn't. So, you know, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Did so, you remember who told you those stories? Oh, yeah, it's my mother, of course. Yeah, my mother, of course. She was really big in storytelling, and she was very eccentric, and, you know, the move, the hand movement would go, the enthusiasm, when you sit there, you're like, literally, you was back there, you know, like, listening to the stories, very visual. Wonderful, wonderful um, lady. Yeah, she would tell us the stories, all kind of wonderful stories. Mm -hmm. How old were you when you were um, being told those stories? 
I think it was starting the age of five and up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then it got, when I became like, you know, um, like teenage wise, you were excited about those stories. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you had more interest and it was like, of course, the Three King um, celebration. You wanted to know what's going to happen for the next year. So I was always the one, are we going to do it this year? <laughs> you know what I mean? And ready to get, invite everybody to come over and just kind of like, you know, visit and then, you know, do, you know, write the notes. Yeah. So in my early years, I think five and up. So those were really good memories. Yes. I would love to hear a little bit more about that special time with your mom. Oh, yeah. She was phenomenal. I mean, my mother was literally my best friend, literally my best friend. And I had five sisters and the things that we all say the same thing. It's always amazing that as one mother, you could you could be something different to each of your child and everybody feel that special connection. Yeah, she, she told a lot of stories. And she was also um, um, a cook, not a cook, but she catered. So even when she was catered, making the meals, she would tell about stories, making the meals and, you know, things had to be just right. You know, she would make some, let's say something like, a, it's called um, Dewey John John, which is black mushroom rice. And which is delicious, and she would like mount, mount it up on a on a like big catering plate, and have two lobsters climbing up into the middle, and in the middle there'll be a big crab. You know, so it was like that. She was very everything she did was very big, you know, and she took enthusiasm. Maybe that's why I get a lot like my enthusiasm from her. Like everything was so exciting, everything was so big, and and things like that. Yeah. A lot of memories. Thank you for bringing me back there. I haven't thought of those memories for a long, long time. Oh, thank you for sharing them with us. Are there any particular stories from early in your life and your earliest memories that you would like to share today with our listeners? Oh, absolutely. I do. Like I said, I am from um, I'm Haiti, Port-au-Prince. And um, my family and I, we came here when I was three. I do have five sisters. And I do remember the night that we left Haiti to come to the United States, that my mother walked into the room because, you know, we was living, you know, well in Haiti because my father was also congressman in Haiti. So it's unfortunately when they have the revolution and the coups, you need to get out immediately or you won't be around. (laughs) So, yeah, so I do remember in the middle of the night, my mother said, okay, we're going to leave. We're going to leave. We're going to leave Haiti. And, you know, and I do have a lot of early memories of going to school, private school in Haiti, um, doing trips because the schools in Haiti, even it's like kindergarten but it's not kind of like really and they really do a lot of interactive things you go on a lot of trips you do like a lot of different variety of things I think that's why my memory is so vivid so when she came to um to um tell me and my sisters we were leaving so we literally left the with the shit on our backs so yeah so she got us all together we stayed somewhere for a little bit I remember going on the airplane we've never been on an airplane before and you know, kind of looking around and everybody's um, kind of like nervous. And I remember English in Haiti, you could also learn English with French and Creole. So I did know some words in English and we used to watch the Fistones. <laughs> so I do remember that. So when we got on, on the plane and, and when we landed, I was like, oh my God. I, was, I remember holding my mother's hand really tight, afraid, but a little bit kind of excited. Because it's a, you know, it's a whole new adventure. There's so many different people that look so different. 
from us. And for, I mean, I do remember Haiti, <clears throat> it was very limited. Everybody looked like me. I mean, there was a few people that had a lighter shade. So seeing people who like um, Hispanic um, origin was different, speaking different languages, Chinese origin and, and stuff like that. We ended up um, going first to um, Brooklyn. So, you know, Brooklyn melting pot. So when you go, there's all sorts of people. So we, we got up the plane and then we went to the first house. I mean, it was definitely an adjustment. I mean, the food, it was different because, you know, Haitian people are very traditional about rice and beans and, you know, chicken and stuff like that. And I was like, people eating egg rolls, like, what is that? And I'm saying it was, it was a big adjustment, but like I say, it was also an exciting um, moment for us. So my four sisters and I, you know, we would play outside. We didn't know a word of English. So when people spoke to us, we're like, yes, yes. <laughs> So then it took a while when we went to school. Even dressing was different. Because when we went to Haiti, we had uniform at all time. I can't remember. And my sisters were older. So, you know, they were, you know, we all were uniform. No one wear casual stuff. So even when we get went there, people were had on like different clothing. My mother would put us in a dress. And then I've learned later on, you're not supposed to go to school with a dress. God forbid if you do fall. So it was a lot of, uh, it was a lot of adjustment. But like how it was, old were you? I was three. Oh we wow! Three. Yeah, we went three, three and on. And my sister was, was older, but I do have vivid memories. Um, um, come to and just learning a new culture, meeting new people, and I also tell my my daughters this story just to kind of pass on, you know, stories from generation um to generation. It was an adjustment, but it was a good adjustment. And it was exciting, you know, you meet new people, you do different things, like every day was so different. And when your mom told you the stories about the three kings and the mermaids uh, around this time, what language were those stories being told in? Oh, absolutely. French and Creole, never mm -hmm. English, never English. I remember after a while, my parents, you know, we lived in, I mean, they spoke English, but they would never communicate with us in English which I thought was, um, looking back now, as an adult, I thought was very um, interesting because I guess they wanted to keep the culture going, you know, because if you don't use it, you lose it. So they would speak to us in um, um, Creole or French, and then the minute they walk out, they'll talk to the neighbor, hey, how you doing? You'd be like, what? You know, so yeah. So it was all in, always in French or Creole. I wonder if you still remember the stories that your mom told you? if you still remember all those words in Creole. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I speak, even though now I don't speak Creole because my husband's also um, from Haiti. So um, do we speak to each other in Creole? We really don't, we speak English to each other. Yeah, but I do remember a lot of the stories um, she would um, tell us, you know, as a child. Maybe we can have an experiment a little um when we finish the episode pascal do you yes. remember any stories told by your grandparents or your uh, relative in haiti when you were little yes i do particularly remember this one story that my um one of my aunts told me you know when my mother was expecting i was a third child so, you know, she was having her third child. She had my two older sisters and, you know, they went to the doctor and, and um, they told the doctor was telling them that, you know, you're going to have a boy 
And then they went, they went there again and they said, you're going to have a boy. And my mother was very excited. She already had two girls, so she definitely wanted a boy. So, you know, everything was blue. Everything was ready for me, like boy toys and, and things like that. And from what I was told, I was a very big baby. I think over 10 pounds, <laughs> you know. So everybody's ready. So everybody's, uh, you know, so excited. They're going to have the boy is coming. The boy is coming. And I'm going to name me Paul. The boy's name was going to be Paul. <laughs> so of course, so when my mother, so of course when my mother went to um, have the baby, I wasn't a boy. <laughs> I was a girl. So of course she said she she said she wasn't disappointed. That's what she told me. <laughs> but then instead of calling me, um, you know, they didn't call me Paul because I was like called Pascal. But then, um, but then growing up, she gave me a, a, a little nickname, T Paul. That mean little Paul. <laughs> so I thought that was um, pretty funny. They said they was a hundred percent sure there was no way I was going. I think they went to three doctors. There was no way I was uh, I was going to be a uh, a girl. It was a boy. So name was said and ready, birth certificate ready to report. And then you know here I am, Pascal. <laughs> but then growing up, my name nickname was T Paul. T Paul. That mean little Paul. So like people like, you know, my sister would call me T. Paul or what are you doing T. Paul, little Paul, but <laughs> I ended up being a girl. <laughs> I guess it was meant to be. If I was, maybe I was a boy and I changed. <laughs> yeah, so I do remember my aunt telling me that story. Yeah, T. Paul. Wow, fast mm -hmm. And now fast forwarding mm -hmm. your time here in the United States. Mm -hmm. You mentioned the book, the book series, um, Nancy Drew. Yes. How that book found your the way to you? Yeah, um, I don't particularly remember. I mean, of course, you know, we went to school and you know we had reports, but um, for some reason we had. I guess I don't. I must be my mother. Um, she bought us the Nancy Drew mystery story, so I think there was like, oh my god. It's endless. I I don't think it's um, I don't think they even have it now, you know. But I mean, there were tons and tons, and they, as like you can see, like there's numbers to it, and there's ones to it, and I mean, phenomenal. So I definitely took interest in that, you know. Um, and I think it also helped me with uh, reading English, talking. Like I said, my my parents will only speak to us in Creole and French. And then once you go to school, they teach you English. So then you have to, oh, if you don't use it, you're not going to learn as fast. So I think the book also had helped me just to kind of read the words and kind of, you know, just familiar myself into my parents is talking to me in a different language, but still be connected with the English language because I needed to, um, you know, read more English. I know for myself, reading the books kind of took, took me away from where I was at. And I could, I'm very, I'm very much a visionary person. Like literally I could junk myself into the book and literally be standing next to Nancy Drew. So when I read stories, I'm just not reading a book. I'm literally in the story. So just, just excitement of it all. I think um, just the things so, um, so unpredictable. Things didn't seem like, like they, like things didn't naturally seem what they were. And I, for myself, that's when I meet someone, I don't judge people. I take my time to get to know them. 
So, you know, to kind of figure out what kind of people they are. Um, the story, the other part I love is um, solving the mystery. Cause I love challenges. Maybe that's my connection from now. When I love, love challenges. I love, love to learn anything new, open up the new businesses. I love anything that's brand new so I could maneuver myself. Just solving the mystery and, and you know, the excitement of it all, the, just, just something brand new. You know, so I've read a lot. I think I, I'm sure I've read all of them over and over. So this was the only book, one that I looked around my house and I was so surprised I even had it. Cause I've got, it must be over, oh Lord. Uh, at least 40 years old, let's say. So I'm surprised I even still have it. It's the secret of the old clock. <laughs> yeah. And that has a very familiar yellow cover. Yes, definitely. <laughs> We still have those in our libraries. <laughs> oh, wow, do you? Oh, how awesome, yeah. For me, a lot of good memories. Mm -hmm. Pascal, mm -hmm. did you see connections between those stories that you heard when you were little mm -hmm. in your life as a grown-up? Um, do If there's any connection? Oh, absolutely. I. <clears throat> I think, I mean, absolutely. That's, to me, that's how being a good parent is so important because molding your child for the future and especially the first, well, you know, the first three years, <laughs> the first three years where, the, you know, the child's brain's being developed, personality's being developed. When you teach your kids love, empathy, accepting other people, those are like such a phenomenal years. Uh, Oh, absolutely. They definitely mold me for, for the person that I am today. Taught me about the importance of family, the importance of um, passing tradition from one generation to another generation, the importance of never forgetting where you come from and the basis of who you are. Because most of the stories that my mother used to tell us was like positive stories. Like the folk story about the mermaid was like fun and exciting and you know, mysteries of life. Maybe there is life in the ocean. Maybe there isn't. Just, you know, connecting that way. I mean, definitely those stories kind of, kind of, kind of mold me of who I am today and, you know, the importance of family, the importance of, you know, just, just learning different things, um, the importance of um, tradition, passing that on to generation to generation just a point of fun, excitement, and just gathering. Oh yeah, definitely. Do you think that those stories inspire you to become a nurse? Yeah, I, absolutely. Cause um, I think I will, besides I was always a nurturer. Like I want to take care of everything. There was a little bird on the floor with the wing. I'll take a little tissue paper. <laughs> and wrap the wing around and say, fly and fly. But you know, the funny thing, eventually when you when you keep that tissue paper around, after a while, the, the wing healed and the bird did fly, <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh yeah, it's definitely. Um, it's just, just an enjoyment of people and different types of people. You know, those stories, cause then they told the stories, it was stories from not only from Port-au-Prince, but stories in the countryside. Or where my where my mother was was from and and things like that. It definitely inspired me to love people, to you know, communicate with people, be with people, and then I eventually ended up helping people. 
you know, through my profession, you know, as much as I could. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that. It yes. sounds like the stories in your life, just like so many of the guests that we've talked to were a powerful way of connecting to people both in your past and in your life as you went on as an adult. Is there any thought that you would like to share with um, people out there? No, absolutely. Yeah. Um, for those who have younger, younger ones, little ones, enjoy them. I know sometimes life to get so busy with work obligation, but really centering around your little ones and tell them stories. I mean, read books to them. Tell them about things that you used to do as a child or, you know, cook and do recipes with them that your mother used to do with, with them. I mean, I mean, it's very important for us to really take time with our kids and the, the young ones or the teenagers and just kind of tell them of the stories that that we have, we heard as a child or the things we experienced as a child because, you know, they'll be surprised. That'll help them later on as, you know, as they grow up to be older adults and when we're no longer here, that they'll remember those stories and they'll pass it on to their family. Because remember back in the days, they didn't have books. So all they did was stories and people remember step by step of the story that was told. So, you know, we just need to verbally just tell, talk to our kids and spend time with them and let them know family's important, people's important, and, and tell stories. Thank you, Pascal, for being with us today. Yes, it was absolutely my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoy myself. Thank you so much. Thank you. All righty. Yes, thank you so much for being with us today. I'd also like to thank our listeners. You can find Bibli Observatory on Podbean, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio, or on your favorite podcast app. Our podcast website address is libraryvoices.podbean.com. And we love hearing from our listeners. So contact us and send us your comments or nominate a guest for a future episode. Bible Observatory is a collaborative literacy initiative to connect our communities and children with the joy of listening, reading, and writing those memories from childhood that changed our lives. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.